Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, X-Zone Radio TV. For more information on the X-Zone Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.xzoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts with today's leading scientific and esoteric experts supporting the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring evolving into a unified world. As populations grow, war rages, cultures collide, and basic human rights fall by the wayside, it's difficult to ignore the fact that the old governing methods are not working. Most of us agree that if we're to evolve as individuals and as cultures, our governments need to evolve as well. What we don't agree upon is exactly how that will look. Many say governments have gotten too large and unwieldy, resulting in corruption, that we need to be ruled by smaller governing bodies. In the case of the United States, this would involve returning the majority of the power back to the individual states. Others say that we need overlording agreed-upon rules which apply not only to individual countries, but to the world. What are the pros and cons of these options? How can we resolve the monumental problems we face? How can we assure human rights without violating the rights of the individual? With us this hour to delve into this pressing issue is Dr. Glenn T. Martin, author of Global Democracy and Human Self-Transcendence, the Power of the Future for Planetary Transformation, and Professor of Philosophy at Radford University. He is the President of the World Constitution and Parliament Association, WCPA, 
a global organization that sponsors the Constitution for the Federation of Earth. His website, OneWorldRenaissance.com. Dr. Martin, thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. What's your educational background? Uh, well, I um, went to college in New York State uh, during the 1960s when everything was very exciting, as you might know. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, the Vietnam War was raging and so on. I, I uh, finished at uh, University of Buffalo and then moved to New York City, where I did a master's degree in philosophy at Hunter College and then the Ph.D. at the Graduate Center of the City University of New York. Um, I majored in philosophy all the way through, so I got my Ph.D. in philosophy there. So what you're president of the World Constitution and Parliament Association. Would you please tell our listeners what that is? <clears throat> uh, it, it's an organization that was founded in 1958, coming out of the tremendous movement that occurred worldwide uh, after the First World War and then between the wars and then after the Second World War for democratic world government. You know, the people in that movement felt the world has almost destroyed itself with these terrible wars, uh, tens of millions of people dying. And so there was this, this great impulse to try to solve the problem of militarized sovereign nation states uh, and the founders of WCPA were Philip Isley and his wife, Margaret Isley, along with others, of course, uh, uh, who lived in Denver, Colorado. And uh, they decided that what the world needed most was a constitution for the Federation of Earth. Uh, there were other world federalists who were trying to reform the United Nations, others who were trying to create a European Union. But this group uh, said what we need to do is write a constitution for the earth. So they worked for 33 years uh, through uh, four large constituent assemblies where they brought together people from all over the world, dialogued about this, elected a drafting committee. And by 1991, they had a completed constitution for the Federation of Earth. So, yeah. As a professor of philosophy, how did you get involved in the World Constitution and Parliament Association? Uh, I, I was all, as I said, coming out of the uh, experience of the Vietnam War. When I was in college, I was a conscientious objector to war. I just I had to make a choice because they wanted to draft me, and I uh, I decided I didn't believe in war. I thought there was something horrible about it, and. Uh, um, so after I finished my uh, graduate degrees, I was, you know, I was always active politically against war uh, since the United States is a sponsor of many of these in the world. Uh, and uh, I joined two professional organizations, Concerned Philosophers for Peace and International Philosophers for Peace, both of which were concerned with this problem of war, uh, worked with them. And I realized also that uh, uh, the problems that we face as human beings, the problems of war, is also a problem of spirituality. Uh, so I was spending a lot of time reading um, spiritual literature, uh, mainly Buddhism, but also other spiritual thinkers. And uh, uh, so I was working with spirituality and uh, how to prevent war in the actual world of, you know, nation states and so on. Uh, and uh, it wasn't until 1995 when I had been writing about this and working about it that I discovered in this magazine that I subscribed to called In These Times, coming out of Chicago, uh, there was a full page ad for the WCPA, for the Earth Constitution. And it occurred to me, yeah, suddenly it dawned on me this is what I've been missing all these years in trying to figure out peace. This is what we need as human beings. We need to unite together and move to a new level of existence with one another. I understand you've received several peace awards. Would you tell us about those? Uh, well, I've, 
I've uh, traveled in on, since 1995. I've been traveling extensively on uh, uh, for the World Constitution and Parliament Association. They the organization has chapters in a number of places, Africa and in Asia and so on. And uh, so very often I'll go to a big conference and they'll give me a, an award there of some sort. And uh, um, uh, I'm one of the main speakers and so on. Uh, and then in 2013, I was invited to uh, submit my dossier to the um, the Gusi International Peace Prize Awards that takes place annually in the Philippines, which is probably the most prominent of these awards. And uh, I I did so, and they they came back and they said they have awarded me a uh, this award that I have to uh, be present for in the Philippines in 2013 uh, for for creating the philosophy of human liberation. That's what they called it. And I like that very much because that's what my concern all along has been is the philosophy of human liberation. Uh, so what is the philosophy of human liberation? Well, I, I, I think it's, and I think this is very important, Wilda, uh, uh, that we human beings have to join together to traditions or two separate components of our civilization that are often separated. There are those people who work on social political change, they're often called social activists, concerned with government and war and, and all these issues. And then there are those people who are concerned with spirituality, with meditation, uh, they understand that, that we need inner transformation. and. Uh, uh, so I've I've met many of these people, some of them Buddhists and so on, in various places in the world. My uh, the philosophy of spiritual human liberation joins these two together. I do not think that we can liberate ourselves uh, spiritually or socially and politically unless we see that there's a dialectic between the way we organize our experience our politics our economics on this planet and the kind of consciousness the kind of spirituality uh, the kind of openness that we have to our immense inner potential uh, unless we join together so that the two dialectically reinforce one another and make and open up possibilities for one another i don't think we have much of a future you know, so that would—that's human liberation, in my view. So it's like as above, so below; as within, so without. Has hasn't our our lack of spirituality or our, our disconnection there created the status quo? Uh, uh, yes, you might say that. You know, the, there's many uh, thinkers who have articulated levels of maturity, ethical, emotional, cognitive maturity. Uh, Lawrence Kohlberg, for example, speaks of the lowest egoistic stage that we grow out of into an ethnocentric stage that we then can go out, grow out of into a world-centric stage. And then finally, we can reach a cosmocentric stage. And uh, I, I do agree, I argue that the dominant institutions, it's not just a matter of the stages people are in, because the dominant institutions of our world, global capitalism on the one hand, and we're the going system, to have, I'm sorry, we're going to have to pick up on the dominant institutions on the other oh, side of a commercial break. Oh, oh okay, okay. Dr. Martin and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org. We're dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Our guest this hour is Professor of Philosophy, Dr. Glenn T. Martin. His website, OneWorldRenaissance.com. Dr. Martin, we were getting into some really interesting stuff, and I kind of like to review it a little bit because I think this so, is so hugely important. You were okay. talking about the low ego states or the, you know, the evolution, basically, of yeah. our orientation, whether it's totally self-absorbed up to being you know, globally conscious and beyond. How can we start climbing that ladder of evolution if so much of our population is striving to eat? Well, that's a that's a good question. I don't think uh, the people that are in a situation of desperation and striving to eat uh, are in much of a position to do that. Now, Abra- you may know Abraham Maslow, the famous psychologist, said there's a number of stages that we have to satisfy. The first of is first of them being our physiological needs before we can even begin thinking about human self actualization, the higher levels. <laughs> Um, and and I think, you know, there's many criticisms of capitalism out there from the time of Marx on that, that uh, recognize that it cultivates greed, it cultivates egoism, it, it cultivates uh, systems of domination and exploitation in the world. And I think it's inimicable to our spiritual growth. It hinders our spiritual growth, which doesn't mean that under certain circumstances it can happen to individuals. But as far as large populations, I think it it inhibits that. But there's another thing, Wilda, that I think is often left out. And that is the something that also originated in the early modern period, several centuries ago, along with capitalism, and that is the system of militarized sovereign nation states. Uh, the scholars often say it's the year 1648 at the end, uh, the Peace of Westphalia that took place at the end of the Thirty World's Years War, when they first articulated this system, and it has since grown to encompass the entire world. So we live in a world that defines itself as a collection of some 193 sovereign nation-states, each one with a right to militarize itself, defend itself, and so on. And I think that also impedes our ability to realize our inner spiritual potential as human beings, because it cultivates nationalism, a kind of uh, collective egoism, I am American, I am a, a 
Brit, I am a German, I am a Japanese, and so on. It doesn't allow us to actualize that which is universal. And what is universal goes beyond my property, which capitalism is focused on, and my nation, which these nations are focused on. It, it, it is our universal human potential you know, that's there within us all. You know, it's it's easy for us who have full bellies and um, a house or whatever right. to look at these things. And the people that are scratching around, cutting down trees, trying to feed their family on what little land is left, have trouble seeing the big picture. And that's kind of where this discussion started. How can we transcend that? How I mean, I know we have all this, this is mine and I have mine and you can do without kind of attitude in a lot of the countries. How can we transcend that? Well, I, I just... Um publish an article on on the question, what is socialism? And in that argue, article, I argue that socialism is not a certain kind of social political arrangement. I argue that it is the original moral impulse that comes from out of the great uh, religions of the world uh, and has been articulated by thinkers ever since. Uh, to live in a world in which everybody has equality and dignity and security and a world in which e economics and politics are organized to make that happen. Uh, I think we need, that's the kind of a world we need. And I argue that this is, this vision is embodied in the Constitution for the Federation of Earth, that we, we cannot actualize this the so-called socialist moral imperative. We cannot actualize this as long as we keep dividing ourselves into this collection of sovereign nations. We need to be one civilization, one humanity, living in peace on this planet, demilitarizing the nations and so on. And and this will, uh, some of our, our members uh, uh, in WCPA we have many thoughtful members who try to contribute to this, these ideas, and some of them have uh, uh, suggested that we create after we we create a resolution saying that we need non-denominational spiritual centers. Once the Earth Federation is re is organized, we need in every country in every city non-denominational spiritual centers to then let people actualize their higher potential as, as human beings. Isn't that kind of enforcing a religion, even though it's non-denominational? No, I don't think so, because because uh, I think there's a difference between religion and spirituality. Um, one of our prominent, very prominent distinguished advisors, Swami Yagnovich in India, uh, has written a book about that, in fact, uh, distinguishing between religion and spirituality. And, and uh, spirituality, uh, we have many people in our organization from every one of the world religions, Buddhists and Hindus and Muslims and so on. We, we also have many people who are humanists and, and not religious in, in that sense. But that doesn't mean that they cannot experience the, the unsayable depths of existence that permeate our lives. You can call these depths whatever you want. You can call them God or Allah or Brahman or Buddha principle, or you don't have to call them anything, but they're there. They're real. And that's what I think uh, we need to actualize on, uh, uh, on planet Earth. You know, in the 1950s, we had a lot fewer people than we have going on right now. Do you think these principles can still apply given the overpopulation that we're faced with? It's that's a serious issue. Um, but for all I've been reading recently, a number of books on uh, the climate crisis and part of the climate crisis is the huge population that the earth has to feed and house and clothe. Um, but uh, the, you know, the books that I'm reading, like for instance, Naomi Klein's book, uh, this changes everything. Uh, she, as you know, she's a Canadian like yourself. Um, uh, it, this changes everything for her means that we have to change the entire way we're, doing things. We have to 
find ways to supply uh, food, clothing, and shelter for this immense population. And in my view, by joining human beings together under the Constitution for the Federation of Earth, what we're doing is creating a synergy, a tremendous movement beyond our present fragmentation, beyond our limitations. Uh, we're, we're creating a whole new level of human consciousness and endeavor, which will from there be able to solve these most fundamental problems. From our present level, we cannot solve them. You know, because it's everything is piecemeal. If the UN does something on population, the United States opposes it. It says you can't distribute birth control information or whatever. Right? What we need is a collective, unified, global public authority representing the common good of us all that, that, that uh, can create a unified system that includes not only uh, the availability of contraceptive inter uh, information to women and education for women around the world about their rights and their control over their bodies, but we need an economy that supports that and a political system that supports that. It has to be an integrated solution. Well, you know, right now, uh, most of, we're running out of real estate, right? <laughs> yes. And we're running out of real estate. There's just no two ways around it. And some people own property. A lot of people own property and a lot of people own nothing. How yeah. are we going to um, balance that out without violating the rights of the individual in face of, you, you know, supporting human rights? Uh, these are good questions. <laughs> um, um, and I'm, I, you mentioned that in your introduction uh, at, to the at the beginning of this conversation. Uh, um, you distinguish between the rights of the individual and human rights and so on as I understood what you were saying, but I don't think those two things are different, right? I think that there's no rights of the individual as opposed to human rights, that all rights belong to all of us, right? And uh, the, uh, the question of property is something that uh, needs to be thought about and legislated about, right? Property is something that's defined by legislation, right? Uh, the right to unlimited accumulation of property is what now defines most of the world. Uh, I think it could be defined differently, and it could be defined in terms, for example, of personal property and uh, even quite large amounts of personal property. And then anything beyond that could be uh, defined differently. And I think that unless we do that, we're not going to really have a future on this planet because right now, as you know, with this philosophy of property is unlimited, accumulation is unlimited, we have 1% of the world's population owning owning 50 or 60% of the wealth. And it's a huge problem, and we're yeah. going to look into it on the other side of yet another commercial break. It okay. is time for that short pause. <laughs> Dr. Martin and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. So you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. 
Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org, bringing leading-edge information supporting the path to enlightenment. We're speaking with Dr. Glenn T. Martin, the author of Global Democracy in Health and Human Self-Transcendence, The Power of the Future of, for Planetary Transformation. His website, oneworldrenaissance.com. Um, Dr. Martin, we were talking about property. Now, property is a very interesting issue. And as we're saying right now, we, you, uh, we have unlimited accumulation of property allowed. Yes. And it, it would make sense that if we sealing that, it wouldn't, we might start to counterbalance this imbalance we have. However, what are we going to do? Just abscond with property from people that own it presently? Uh, well, we've got, um, we've got to solve our most fundamental problems. We've got to solve the problem of people uh, starving. In 50% of the world, often people will go to bed hungry every night. It, uh, if we unite together and we feel that we're united... Uh, it, it seems to me that those people who are, you know, who have 10, 20, 30, 40 billion dollars must realize that they don't need this property. You know, they have the so-called legal right to it under the present system. But a legal right is not the same as a moral right. And it's not the same as need. Right. No one needs that. In fact, uh, writers often point out that, uh, you know, Bill Gates could spend is every day of his life he could spend as fast as he could he could and he'd never have uh he never run out right just because that just more than any one person needs uh we need to begin to think about uh um what are our basic human needs what is a meaningful life what is what kinds of satisfactions do we have in life and if we begin to think about those things and the UN, for example, the UN Development Program does think about those things and defines a meaningful life, not in terms of the amount of money a person has or the amount of property they have, but in terms of their life choices, their uh, their capacity for respect in their community, uh, esteem, a feeling of, of doing something that's fulfilling and worthwhile with their life. All these are values that are genuine and fundamental to being a human being they're fundamental to our spiritual uh, awakening and so on our 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 sense of what uh, the depths of human life are all about none of them require a great deal of property so i well, think you know it seems like though it yeah. seems like we're trying to derail a hellbound train here 
Because on one side, you have the people that are starving to death, can't afford to care about whether they're cutting down a tree to scratch out a living. And then you have the others that have been brought up in such um, lack of spirituality that the only thing they have to fill themselves is more possessions. These are two polarized sides, and we're running out of time. How are we going to get this to come around? Well, uh, I think that we, we, all of us, should be promoting the Constitution for the Federation of Earth. I think that uh, we need to realize, even those people that are grasping with property and have more than they need, they realize that their children don't have a future on this planet. I I mean, literally the case, if we don't, for example, stop global warming, if, if we don't stop filling the atmosphere of the earth with greenhouse gases, we are liable within a couple of decades to enter into a runaway global warming, which we will not be able to control. And by the end of the century, some scientists are say, saying the, the planet will be uninhabitable for higher forms of life. I think people are capable of realizing this. Even rich people are capable of realizing this. That unless we do something fundamental to really change the tragic trajectory of history as it now exists with nuclear weapons and warring nation states and runaway uh, uh, global warming, unless we change fundamentally, we don't have a future. No one has a future. Yeah, it sounds like both sides are pretty doggone short-sighted, right? It does sound like Yeah. Can can you tell us a little more about what exactly is in uh, the Constitution for the Federation of Earth? Uh, Yes, it's... uh, um, I think it's a brilliant document. I've studied philosophy of law and studied different constitutions. And uh, there's nothing, of course, that's perfect anywhere in human world. And if I were to write it myself, I might change this or that. But what we need is something that's serviceable, that really works. And I think this is a brilliant document for that purpose. It, what it does is create a world parliament, a democratic world parliament made of three houses a house of peoples, a house of nations, and a house of counselors. Uh, the house of peoples it will be elected from 1,000 electoral districts around the world, roughly equal in population. And so the house of people will have 1,000 a, a people in it, um, representing every single location on the earth, on the planet. The House of Nations will have one, two, or three representatives from each nation, uh, depending on its size. So the big ones with lots of population will have three and so on. The small ones will have one. Uh, So it will probably have about 300 representatives there. And the House of Counselors, which I think is a brilliant attempt to get some wisdom into government, which uh, what a concept, right? Yeah, what a concept, right? Uh, we in the United States have a serious problem in that respect right now, but uh, 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 it uh, students and faculty from around the world will be nominating people from twenty world uh, um, magnet districts, and these people that they nominate uh, will be people who are experts in environment and experts in human rights and experts in technology and all kinds of things. And then those nominees will be elected by the Houses of Parliament for the House of Counselors. So they have 200 people in it. You know, this sounds sounds a lot like the structure that the um, Native Americans and, and the original Canadians used in their governing. That's interesting. Isn't it? They would always have a council of elders. And, yes, they did. Yeah. You know, everything was represented um, equally. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, this is a, an attempt, a very, you know, I think sophisticated attempt to get something like a Council of Elders there. Their main function, will, which I think is excellent, will be nominations. So all the positions within the government, the world executive, the world judiciary, the world police and, and uh, attorneys generals and so on, uh, they will be elected by the parliament from a group of nominations made by the House of Counselors. 
So you so you won't get people nominated who are entirely unqualified, for example, like is happening with the Supreme Court in the United States right now. Can 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 we really, though, expect one constitution to be, be applicable to so many different cultures and belief systems? I mean, we're pretty divergent right now. Yeah, so I think we can because it doesn't uh, it. I think it will preserve cultures and belief systems and it will protect them. Uh, the preamble to the Earth Constitution talks about the principle of unity in diversity, which is the basis, it says, for a new world order. Right now, without di- unity, we have this diversity around the world, and we have the situation um, where the big cultures, the big uh, those that have power and wealth and so on, begin to absorb and diminish the secondary cultures, the smaller ones. Languages are disappearing. As you know, English is now the dominant language everywhere, and uh, and, lot, and uh, it's the same with cultures. And, and unless we have a principle of unity that recognizes our common humanity and our common dignity as human beings everywhere and the validity and beauty of our cultures and beliefs, that principle of unity will protect the diversity of the world. Right? By joining together, we simultaneously protect our diversity under the Earth Constitution. So that's kind of like the human body. If we didn't have diversity, we wouldn't have life. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's very interesting. Um, you've traveled to many countries in your role as president of the WCPA. How do people in other countries react to your message? Interestingly enough, uh, they react much more positively, especially in the third, so-called third world countries, Latin America, uh, Africa, South Asia, and so on, than they do in the United States, where I live. Uh, in the United States, you know, the attitude is often like, why do we need that? You know, we, we're, we have everything we need right now. But when I talk to people in, uh, in the global south, they, first of all, they recognize that they're in a trap. Very often, you know, I, I go, uh, I've had conversations with groups in Togo, for example, in West Africa, and I say to them, why are you poor? And they say, what, what? And I say, are you, you know, are you stupid? Is that why you're poor? And they say, no, we're not stupid. Uh, uh, you know, I say, are, are you lazy? Is that why you're poor? No, we're not lazy. Then why are you poor? And in the course of the conversation, it turns out they know that they're in a global trap. They know that their country, because of the global economic system, where their country is forced to export cotton and so on, and they they cannot import a technology, and they uh, don't have the facilities for education, and they have immense international debt to pay back to the IMF and the World Bank, they know that they can't get out of it, right? And so when I present to them the Earth Constitution, which is a document that ends all of that system of exploitation. Well, we're going to have to pick up on this on the other side of a commercial break. Dr. (laughs) Martin and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net They are here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. 
Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Christopher Fulton is a survivor of the National Security State. All he wanted to do was preserve history when he acquired a Cartier watch from the estate of President Kennedy's personal secretary. But that simple act set off a terrible chain reaction. He was pursued by the U.S. Justice Department and the FBI, thrust into the middle of the U.S. government's Assassination Records Review Board, even monitored and pursued by the Russian government. All because that Cartier watch was the missing link of evidence, a timepiece worn by JFK that fateful day in Dallas, a link resulting in Christopher being incarcerated and attacked for nine years because he opened a hidden chapter in history. The intriguing journey outlined fully in Christopher Fulton's memoir, The Inheritance, is available now through trinday.com or amazon.com. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination by Christopher and Michelle Fulton is a must-read, an incredible tale of how easily our own government can overrule justice. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. To suggest a topic or guest, email us at info at missionevolution.org. We're speaking with Dr. Glenn T. Martin, his website, oneworldrenaissance.com. Dr. Martin, we were talking about the, the One World Constitution and democracy. Why, why did you guys choose, or why did the original founders here choose democracy? There's a lot of different other forms out there. Why, why democracy? Well, demo- democracy, I, I just finished teaching a course in democracy at my university here. Um, and there are many thinkers, including myself, that, that uh, believe that democracy is the form that arises from our basic human uh, nature and potential. Right, John Dewey, for example, the American philosopher, uh, thought that democracy is not just a political system, it's a way of life dedicated to the actualization of our human potential. And I think that's the case. You know, uh, the, the UN Declaration of Human Rights, uh, I think, also agrees with that. It, which came out. It came out in 1948, and it states that uh, everyone has the right to, you know, all these rights: peace, security uh, of person, and so on. And it says everyone has a right to participate politically in their uh, country, and everyone has a right to uh, speak the uh, freedom of speech and freedom of religion. All these things are aspects of democracy. Democracy is the actualization of our common humanity. Well, you know, the, you know, in one sense, we're talking democracy, but if we're talking about uh, taking land away from people that have more than their share, if you will, isn't that more socialistic? Democracy and socialism, I think, are identical. I think that I was saying earlier, Gwilda, that uh, uh, socialism is, uh, is, I think, I can demonstrate, if I had time enough, uh, <laughs> socialism is... Uh, 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 something that is the principle, the, our universal moral principles applied to economics and politics and human culture in general. Socialism is the actualization of those moral principles. We need moral economics that, uh, that is good for everybody and moral and that same equality and dignity that's, that is there behind at the essence of socialism is exactly what's there in the essence of democracy. So how does the democracy you're recommending differ from the one practiced in the United States where you know, many of our people don't even bother to vote? Well, I don't – you know, one of the problems that thinkers about democracy have pointed out repeatedly is that under uh, the capitalist system uh, – those nations that claim their democracies are really oligarchies, right? The the uh, inevitably, if you have an economic system that in which a few people, ten percent of the population, have immense wealth, and the vast majority have almost no wealth, naturally those with immense wealth will use their wealth to colonize the political system and get 
their interests uh, run by the uh, parliament or the Congress and not the interests of everybody. And there we go. Yeah. And there we go. Okay, so let's change gears just a little bit. Uh, what is human self-transcendence? It's the uh, actualization of our immense potential as human beings. And one of the things that science has has shown conclusively ever since uh, Einstein's uh, uh, theory of relativity came out in 1905, and this has been repeatedly shown ever since that time, that the our universe is one reality, one unified interrelation, interrelated reality. It is not made up of as separable atoms. And the evolutionary process has produced us, has, has produced human beings, which means that what out of this vast evolution, 3.8 billion years on planet Earth, finally, only in the last few thousand years, that has blossomed into self-awareness in human beings, self-consciousness. So what this means is that the, the fundamental principle of the universe, the, the evolutionary principle of the universe, the, the depths of existence, have blossomed into self-consciousness in us. So we are, I think, self-transcendence has to do with actualizing that, realizing that, becoming fully aware of that, that, that something special is happening in us, and it's there in the depths of our being, in ourselves, in our consciousness, and we need to actualize what that is. How much does it have to do with not just what's going on within the individual, but then what that allows to happen within the, within the populace at large? The, I think there's uh, the individual and the populace at large, human civilization, are in somewhat parallel, just as you and I can move, as we were saying earlier, uh, through egoistic and ethnocentric and world-centric to cosmocentric levels of consciousness, so human civilization is in that same process. And, uh, uh, you know, people speak of the things like the 100 monkey syndrome, right? That if 100 monkeys start doing something, suddenly the whole tribe of thousands will start doing it. Maybe something like that is happening right now on our planet, right? That, uh, that some people have reached uh, global consciousness and begin to speak in terms of our universal human welfare and our common needs as human beings. And if we reach a certain crucial number, 1% or 2% or 5%, whatever it might be, perhaps civilization itself will begin thinking differently and rise to this, this higher level of unity and diversity. So all this crisis we may, are looking at might simply be growing pains of us evolving to another level of humanity? I think that's possible, yeah. That, uh, there's some thinkers I've read that, that speak of the, the, the midnight uh, uh, that we're now passing, the, the, the crisis, the danger to our very existence that comes from, for example, nuclear weapons and the hate and fear that's everywhere. Uh, this is like a, a cathartic growing pain, and we will find that before we know it, it may be that we will all just see this as childishness, as, not, as nothing fundamental, as something that we've just grown beyond and we don't need anymore, including you know, these including these vast cumul accumulations of property that we were talking about before. We could be fighting yeah. over the stateroom, but if the, sink, the ship is sinking, we can change our viewpoint, right? That's right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How can we possibly hope to enforce uh, governmental rules worldwide? Uh, we, it's the, uh, Article 17 of the Constitution gives the mechanisms for ratifying it. And uh, there's three stages. It doesn't have to be done all at once, uh, but uh, it, the, the, uh, it can be begun, begun with, say, 25 nations coming together and deciding. But what will happen is that this will uh, rapidly, uh, because human beings are in this crisis that we've been talking about, it will rapidly spread worldwide. People say, will see that there's a way out of the current dilemma. There's a way out of this mess that we're in. 
demilitarizing the nations and so on. Uh, and uh, once that happens and once we have a world parliament, it will not be difficult to enforce because nations will no longer be these sovereign militarized uh, entities that uh, world law is law over individuals, just like in the United States. I live here in Radford, Virginia. We have a government. It has no problem with the fact that there's a higher government, which is the state of Virginia. And the state of Virginia has no pr problem with the fact that there's a higher government, the federal government in Washington, D.C., right? So all we're doing is something that will be no problem. We'll have a world government, and government at each level will have jurisdiction over its internal affairs, but it's that world government which will change the equation entirely because it will be concerned with universal problems that are beyond the scope of all nations now. Right? Well, no we, have, we have about one minute left, Glenn. What would you like to leave the listeners with? Uh, just just what I think I was saying, Gwilda, uh, that, uh, that once we move to that higher level, uh, the common good of humanity will be the province of that world government. The common good, that no government can, can deal with that now. We need to protect the global environment. We need to deal with economic problems globally. We need human rights protected globally. We need the environment protected globally. And, uh, and that's the fundamental reason why we need to move to a unity and diversity of the entire planet. And where okay. can people find out more about you? Uh, www.earth-constitution.org is our main website. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful vision, and I can't thank you enough for being so active in what you're doing. It's wonderful to feel that there might be some, some changes coming and that there are some provisions to provide those changes. Well, thank you. I appreciate talking with you. It's, it's been very, very enjoyable. <laughs> As always, though, time has flown, and now we're out of it. Glenn, thank you so much for coming on the show. Okay, my pleasure. Our guest this hour has been Dr. Glenn T. Martin, professor of philosophy and the author of Global Democracy and Human Self-Transcendence, The Power of the Future of Planetary Transformation. His website, oneworldrenaissance.com. For amazing past episode collection, you can visit our website, www.missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as this mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to our evolving world. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? 
The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxone, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. <laughs> 